Welcome to the Buyers Agent Institute podcast, the show that will take you from your nine to five to living a life on your terms. We hear from the experts themselves, sharing how they created their success and give you actionable steps to help you create a lifestyle by design. Becoming a buyer's agent requires passion, dedication, and great mentorship. This podcast will share with you all three so that you can turn buying property into a career. A lot of people have come out of the shadows. They're, they're people who have uh, who had connected with me in 2018. Perhaps the market wasn't right for them, or they they felt that the market might grind lower uh, for for a bit longer than it had. And they've sort of come out of the shadows and want to want to engage uh, a lot more quickly than they had intended to. So business is going really well now. Um, but it, look, it's it's a grind. It's a slog. Uh, but I love every minute of it. Welcome back to the Buyers Agent Institute show. The purpose of the show is to bring awareness to buyers agents, to bring awareness around the career opportunities that the buyers agent sector is providing to people, to bring awareness around the value that buyers agents are providing to people who need help buying property. Our goal with the show is to strip back and dive into the stories of remarkable buyers agents who are paving the way forward in one of the fastest growing real estate career trends right now. Our guest today is John Camino. John's background in investing started 15 years ago across Sydney. He's very focused on Sydney, him and his wife, and they've built up an incredible portfolio. John's professional background was in the finance sector for 15 years, where he served as a finance director and he bought his first property sight unseen when he was in London. John now runs a buyer's agent business called Bridge to Bricks. It started at the beginning of 2018 and business is thriving for John. So I'm really excited today to introduce John and dive into what he's doing with his business. Welcome, John. Thanks, Ben, great to be here. And so you're very Sydney focused, right? Yeah, completely, yeah, completely. Is stock an issue in Sydney for you? It's probably the biggest challenge, yeah, it it is. Um, So, you know, numbers are down about 50% or possibly a bit less than that off the previous year. It's a reflection of the prices having come off the market, creating a disincentive for people to sell. Uh, So the biggest challenge at the moment is, I mean, is, is finding stock. Obviously, prospecting is the other big challenge when it comes to being a buyer's agent as well. Uh, But the, we're, we're in spring now and the market is, is certainly picking up in terms of prices, but it's also starting to pick up in terms of volume as well. What do you do when stock is so low and you've got a handful of clients that are obviously desperate to buy a property and you can't find it on real estate and domain? Yeah, well, you, you, you hustle, you hustle. But I mean, it's, they, they engage me to have an advocate looking for their property on a full-time basis. It's the, the sort of um, search that they would never have the time to do themselves. So I call every conceivable real estate agent. I've been door knocking before. Uh, I've, uh, you know, dropped you know, letterbox drops, all this sort of stuff. So the, the, I'll get my property, uh, but it takes, it takes time. Nice. I also forgot to mention you are a chartered accountant. Correct. So yep. I'm sure when the, the vendor has a nice chartered accountant knocking on the door, it's, they're okay with it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wear trousers. I've, you know, I've got a collar. Yeah. They, they like that sometimes. Yeah. Let's talk about this property you bought. So you're living in London. Yep. You're working in finance. I was a finance director. Yep. And you bought a property sight unseen. 
How'd it go? It was good. Uh, so I did the search myself from a little shoebox apartment in Bayswater in, in London, and uh, I ended up buying a, a townhouse in, I think it was 2006. So in hindsight, the market would have been quite frothy then, actually. But I bought a townhouse in Five Dock, and I did a bunch of research on the area of Five Dock. When I identified the property, I, I actually just called my sister and asked her to go and have a look at it. So I, I didn't know what a buyer's agent was back then. Uh, but essentially, I used my sister as a buyer's agent. Uh, and she went, to the, um, she went to the property to have a look around. She came back and I said, what was it like? And she said, oh, look, you know, the tenants were there. There were McDonald's wrappers on the ground. It was pretty gross, actually. And I said, yeah, but what was the layout like? You know, was it close to transport and all that sort of stuff? And, and you know, we, we bought the property. Finance was a real problem as I was a, as a non-resident back then. But no regrets. And that's been the, the seed of other properties that um, we've bought since. Um, interestingly, my wife had owned properties you know, when I met her. So when we brought them together, we were able to do a, some good stuff. Yeah, nice. And that experience of buying sight unseen, I mean, when I was a buyer's agent, I used to see that a lot. But I, I guess now, are you working with expats who are buying in who now are using your help? Yeah, that, that's definitely a, a category of my clients. Um, I bought a place for uh, a, an expat in, you know, uh, uh, Paddington recently, which was fantastic. So yeah, the, the expats are really a common form of client uh, so certainly are they coming to see the property or are you just I guess taking video photos giving them the whole rundown due diligence it depends sometimes it's video often it's that they nominate people that they really trust it could be uh, sisters and mothers and those sorts of things but when we do the shortlist drive around uh, it's with family members usually do the investor clients love you because you're a number cruncher uh, they do. They do. I'm a risk guy, you know, a risk guy. Uh, so when I, I do provide a lot of uh, numbers and, and those sorts of things, and I guess the accounting background gives a bit of credibility and I know what I'd like to see if I was buying a, an asset, insert asset name here. So I do, uh, I do do a lot of uh, numbers and cash flow types of uh, assessments and I think it's helpful. Do you, do you prefer doing owner or servicing owner-occupier clients or investors? Is there a preference? Um, well, for the owner-occupiers, the numbers are bigger. People are generally looking for more substantial properties. And for investors, they're usually looking for more uh, sort of um, affordable types of properties that they can sort of accumulate rather than fall in love with. I guess I prefer the investors. It's a quicker process. Uh, and it's more, um, in terms of decision-making, it's a lot more uh, straightforward. It's about numbers and it's about um, attributes. So I guess I prefer the investors. Do you place the investors into a specific investment strategy that you have, or do they typically come to you because they're sophisticated and they have their own strategies? Uh... Yeah, it's probably the former. I, I tend to, they tend to come to me and say, well, you know, here's the amount of money I've got. What, what do you think I should buy? And then I apply the sorts of investment strategy that I'd apply for myself, which would be, you know, uh, looking at the uh, walk scores, looking at the convenience ratings, uh, looking at the yields, those sorts of things. Nice. And doing renos, like any cosmetic or structural stuff, do you do that? Well, if they're looking for a fixer-upper, like I try to, I try to match the property with the buyer. So I, was, I bought for a handyman recently, so we bought a fixer-upper. Uh, but generally speaking, people want finished products, generally. And buying for the second time for your clients, is that popping up a bit? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. But, but just now, yeah, it is. 
Um, what, one of the interesting things for me is that in 2018, my business was all about owner-occupiers, so my average purchase price was quite high. And this year, the investors are back, so the volume's up and the purchase prices are down. Uh, so that's a, that's a good thing, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously different experience working with an owner-op versus investor. I feel like with owner-op, for my experience, it draws out the time from sign-up to buying. Um, is there an average time frame that you that you've you can see with investor clients? It's around eight weeks for an investor client, and uh, for an owner occupier client, it's probably around fourteen weeks. Okay. Yeah. And on market versus off market and pre market, are you primarily buying properties in either of those categories? Yeah. So about it's probably just over fifty percent are off market, around sixty percent are off market, uh, which is which is pretty good. Uh, and when I say off market, they tend to be pre-market or post-market. So they're, they're still a motivated seller usually. Uh, and, and I'm seeing, it actually depends on where in Sydney um, I'm buying as to whether or not there's a lot of off-market opportunities. So for example, in the lower North Shore, which, which is where I'm based, I do a lot of off-market deals. But when I'm looking for investors in say the St George area, it's all on the it's all on market so it depends where and and uh, you know the the buying i'm doing in the st george area is bringing that average number of kind of off-market deals down but it's all good and i'm sure all the agents know you now in st george and oh they do yeah Yeah. they do they do (laughs) and it's um i mean it's important to work with agents that you see eye to eye with and i mean it's all supply and demand right they've got a motivated seller we've got a motivated buyer and it's just let's crunch the deal absolutely yeah and in terms of I guess, let's go back to the door knocking because it is, like there is a lot of low stock going on, I'm hearing in different areas. I mean, obviously managing clients' expectations because people are quite desperate to get in, especially before end of year. How do you go about that? Is is it just regular communication with the client? Yeah, definitely. So I make sure I, I, I touch the client or I have a touch point with the client at least every second day. Uh, so they're always, they always know what I'm doing. And that's actually, that that is a, a great way to incentivize me to keep the process moving to always be active for them to always do something that that progresses their their purchase so uh, yeah I'm always in touch with the client um, and I always have to come up with new ways to get them to their to their goal which could be door knocking for example or it could be uh, you know the ring around but um, yeah always, always doing something nice and we talked about prospecting earlier I remember when we first spoke prospecting is typically a challenging aspect for anyone, I think, in the, in the, we're, we're in a sales environment and your personality, you didn't come from sales. Correct. Either did I. Um, and I know when I first met you, though, face-to-face, I thought you were going to be brilliant because you're non-salesy. You're the opposite to what people, or a potential client, might kind of be like, oh. So have you found, like, with your professional background, you know, working in finance and obviously building up your own investment portfolio with you and your partner, has that helped you find when you get in front of prospective clients? It, it does. It, it's helpful to have a story to tell. It's helpful to have a little bit of grey in the sideburns as well, just to, uh, to have a little bit of credibility in that sense. Um, so prospecting is definitely the hardest part, though. And I guess I, I can convert, but finding the buyers is the, the, the tricky part. And I guess anyone who's interested in becoming a buyer's agent needs to know that it's all about the prospecting. It's all about the prospecting. So, uh, you know, I'm a big f- fan of Ryan Serhant in the US and, you know, he's, uh, he's on the, you know, these beachside properties and multi-million dollars and that, that's part of it, but most of it is spent um, prospecting on the phone. 
That's right. And where are a lot of your clients coming from? Are they coming from a particular source like mortgage brokers? Are they coming from accountants, um, real estate agents, or are you doing marketing? Uh, a lot of them come from networks. But actually, the, my biggest referral source is probably online uh, property forums like Property Chat. So I'm a really active blogger. I give my opinion on all sorts of, you know, whatever's going on in the property market. And interestingly, uh, that's where a lot of people find me and that's where a lot of international people find me. So the expats are looking at these property forums and I get a lot of leads from there. But generally speaking, it's, it's a referral business. It's incredible. Yeah. So would you say it's like 100% referral based? Uh, I would say it is, uh, yeah, I'd say it's, I'd say it's 80% referral based. And then there is a, another sort of 15 to 20%, which is things like the property chat forums. That's a great model, mm. I think, to have. And the more, I, I mean, when I look at a business, the more referral based, like the more trust. Yes. Obviously, it, 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 uh, it demonstrates how much people trust you. And I mean, hopefully, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to start getting a lot of referrals from your past clients as well. I hope so, yeah. And it all, it all ends snowballs. That's right, that's right. Um, I noticed from my experience with buyers agents who are focused in owner-occupier um, in that space, real estate agents are a great referral source because if you're trying to service, let's say, clients in Mossman between three and five, who are those real estate agents who are selling between three and five and they've got buyers and how do we become friends, right? Yeah. So have you found real estate agents have been helpful? They, they have, uh, less so. I'd say, uh, I'd say mortgage brokers would be higher in terms of referrals. Um, I'd say that f uh, f accountants and uh, f finance brokers tend to be sort of up there as well. Low in volume, but high in trust. Uh, so real estate agents, probably less so for me. They'd be sort of second tier in terms of referral sources, but you get them where you can get them, right? Yeah, that's right. And so I'm assuming before pre- bridge to bricks days yeah. you're in an office correct i'm assuming now you're not office bound change the desk how was that I'm, I'm back in beginning of 2018 how was that transition the freedom was great uh, and i you know the, the risk there is that you squander your time watching like youtube clips of well, you know whatever it is so uh, uh so the freedom really makes you need to be very disciplined about how you allocate your time and and your uh, buyer's agent institute covers a lot of that stuff which was great actually um, but the freedom, the freedom was great. Um, as a, as a chartered accountant doing finance director stuff, I, the work used to come to me. I used to turn up to work and I, you know, uh, and there was always this, something to do. It was always the same thing, generally speaking. But as a buyer's agent, I, I make my own, um, opportunities and if, you know, it'll, I'll be as busy as I, you know, as how hard I work. So that's, that's different. You raise something interesting, time management, and I think we all struggle with it yeah. at every stage of the business and especially being an entrepreneur and running our own business, especially in the buyer's agent world, you can get distracted very easily. Um, how have you tried to deal with that? Because me running my new business now, the Buyer's Agent Institute, I, I've struggled with that. And so I'm always looking at hacks and ways to try and really stay productive mm. and not get too distracted in this crazy world of technology. Yeah. Do you have any tips that you use or well the main the, the main the way the main way i get around that is having a a, a very uh, determined wife who makes sure i uh, focus on what the task at hand is uh but you know i mean mentally you, you, you just have to decide is this productive am i going to um achieve something by whatever it is i'm doing you know do i make more money do i uh, uh you know 
fill the brief of a client by watching this YouTube clip or doing whatever it is, right, going on that run. So you just have to, because running a business is feast or famine, really, uh, it's as good as the opportunity you make. Um, eventually, the necessities of life require you to be productive. And so that, that's, how, that's how you allocate your time. But in, in terms of the specifics of how I allocate my time, I just make sure I allocate certain amounts of time to being on the phone, uh, certain, certain amounts of time being out and about. Um, and I try to, and this is, talk about Ryan Serhant again. He has a goal of meeting three new people a day. Um, now, he's, a, he's an exceptional US-based sales agent, but, uh, but he's right. Like, you've got to try to um, allocate your time in a way that you're meeting a new person every day. So that's what I try to do as well. And how's that going for you? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. I agree with that. Not three a day, but you know, it's up there. Hopefully you get there. But I agree with that philosophy. We need to be, as buyers agents, getting in front of as many people or qualified style of people as possible, um, or even people who can or have a distribution of, of customers potentially for us, whether it be a business partner, like an accountancy firm. Absolutely. And, and even if it's someone who's passionate about property and that reinvigorates you. So maybe there's no, they're not a referral source, but maybe they just love property and it reinvigorates you. So you've got, yeah, getting, meeting new people. It's part of also um, the craft of being persuasive. So meeting new people is, is really important to, to learn how to be uh, some, the person that people want to deal with, to be persuasive, to be compelling, to be charismatic. So it's good to meet new people. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an interesting point. And I think as buyers agents, from my experience in this space for 10 years, the potential client does not want to feel like they're being sold to. Right. I feel like that. So the more consultative a buyer's agent is, listens with intent, asks good questions, doesn't try to sell to them, really just tries to be there to see, hey, are we a fit or not? I feel like has the best chance of winning. Yeah, certainly. One of the, that's a really good point. And I know that I go further with uh, clients once they're converted by dissuading them from buying something. You know, we, we, there was a property yesterday that we decided not to buy on the basis of the Strata report. And it, look, it breaks the heart every time a deal doesn't happen. But, but that's where the trust is built. That, that's a big step forward when you say, look, this is a dog, you know, don't buy it. And um, as sad as that, you know, as devastating as that is, it's a really important step in that trust building process to say, don't touch it. And especially if they really want to buy it. And does that happen often? It happens sometimes, sometimes. Question, so owner rock, you're dealing with a lot of more emotion. Yep. I still think with investors though, there's a lot of emotion. People are trying to retire early, accumulate wealth, manufacture equity, all that stuff. There's emotion there. However, I feel like a skill of a good buyer's agent or some specific skills of a good buyer's agent when buying for owner-occupier reasons is painting pictures they can't see. So some of them have never done a reno before. Some of them don't know you could just knock through this wall and the place could look different. Do you, are you good with going through the property and actually helping them see the whole picture? I, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, you mentioned before that I'm not a sales guy and, and that's positive and negative, right? So I, I, I'm not sure if I speak the language of emotion as much as I should, but I was speaking to a client uh, the day before yesterday, a different client, and, and I, I sort of said, did you go, did you go to the the shop on the corner, the cafe on the corner. Have you been down to, to, you know, just to experience how convenient that location is? So I guess that was an attempt to kind of just allow him to envisage himself living there uh, and what life would be like. So yeah, a, a little bit. Um, 
and not, I don't do it so much in terms of renovation. Like, you know, imagine knocking that wall down and imagine I, I, I can do more there. But, um, but certainly in terms of the lifestyle aspects, I, I, I try to point that out. 2020, you're, I mean, you're busy. I'm seeing you online. You're doing a lot of deals. Things are going really well. Any new plans or are you just keeping it simple? It, it's growth. The plan's growth. We're not, um, we want to go beyond consolidation. I also want to refine the craft. I mean, the first thing you do when you become a buyer's agent is you, you need to get proof of concept. Can I do this? Uh, so we're, we're past that. We're, we're growing the business, but I want to grow it a lot more quickly. And I want to be at the stage where, you know, if a, if a buyer doesn't decide to go with me, that's cool. That's cool. There's, there's that pipeline. So to build the pipeline, to grow the business and to, to refine the art. Awesome. Where can people find you? Like, what's, Is it your website or...? The website's the best place. It's uh, www.bridgetobricks.com.au. Cool. And I'm assuming you are on LinkedIn and LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, homing pigeons. You know, all of the uh, all the ways. Very easy to catch. Do you, do you like the social channels, by the way? You know, I never had a Facebook account until I started the business, so I'm not a social media guy. But you know, it keeps me connected. You won't believe it. I didn't have a face, a personal Facebook account until I resigned last year. No way. May. Never had one. Um, so I feel you. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Pleasure, Ben. For all of you listening, please check out John at his website, Bridge to Bricks. And you can check him out on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all the socials. If you're specifically looking to buy property in Sydney, whether it be for investment purposes or owner-occupiers reasons, I highly recommend you reach out to John. See you next week. To find out more about how you can become a stellar buyer's agent yourself, head to www.buyersagentinstitute.com.au.